What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Spotlight on Elemental Arts. With your host for the evening, Ego Death. I appreciate everybody tuning in to another episode. This was a very fun one with Chris Pilon, also known as Raz. With a master's degree in conducting and multiple releases on Diplock, Deep, Dark, and Dangerous, Article Music, and being the owner of Gunfinger Thursdays with the man's substance. We're going to get right into the episode today. Hope you enjoy this chat with Raz. We're going to start now. So you made another cup of coffee? God damn. How many tr- cups of coffee you drink a day? I'd rather not to, drink too, not to drink too much all the time, but today was like three because I was pretty tired. But uh, Oh, yeah. man. Sometimes it's like one or two, but yeah, I'm a coffee drinker. You got, for sure. you got a lot going on today. Yeah, yeah, definitely with the new uh, compilation announcement for Gunfingers Thursday. And uh, yeah, just taking care of all that promo stuff. Make sure to like synchronize everyone together. It's uh, kind of hard sometimes, you know. How long you guys been working on that? Not very long. It's it's a it was a very last minute thing, you know, because I've been like playing a lot of shows lately and Substance as well. So yeah, man, congrats both- on that. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. It was good to see you uh, at Yaw Wolf, man. Such a success. Yeah, right. It, it was it was nice to put a you know a face to the voice. Yeah, for sure. Man. And uh, yeah, that was that was a crazy party, man. I, I I enjoyed the hell out of that. Such a vibe, man. We also went to the after party too. After the, there was a big big ass sound system afterwards. I got see. To, I'm I'm an I'm an old man. Like I can't do after parties no more. After <laughs> like twelve o'clock, I'm done. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel you on that. Like I, I don't you usually do like all the after parties, but I like I stopped drinking for the last three months, so now I got more energy, so I can keep going for the night. <laughs> Nice. And yeah. plus you were out of state too. I mean, enjoy it while you can. It's- yeah, exactly. And sometimes like I get a flight like really early the next day. So it, it's better not to sleep sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know uh, you've been like doing production for a long time, even like outside of like dubstep, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Been uh, producing for over 10 years and uh, in music for over 15, for sure. I was a drummer first and then... Uh, okay. Yeah, I went to study at university in composition for uh, video games and uh, movie music, like scoring. And then I did my master's degree in conducting, so I'm also a conductor. But, can you bring uh, your mic a little bit closer to you? Yeah, for sure. I can also just like turn it up. Is that better? Yes. Yeah, that's yes, better. Yes, nice. So yeah, did my master's degree in conducting and uh, yeah, I've been going full-time uh, dubstep now because like it's been going so well. But uh, yeah, I definitely like uh, working in the classical field as well and uh, more of the scoring for uh, image for, for like movies or video games. It's pretty nice too. Have you done any scores for movies or, or video games yet? Uh, nothing official. I've done a lot of it like during my studies and stuff, working with like mm-hmm. other people studying in video games and stuff. So more like I did a lot of it, but nothing like that got uh, that got out like for to play on playstation or anything like that but is i got that a like a goal is yeah that like definitely that. i like to do that sometimes music? but it, you need to spend a lot of time like focusing on that if you want to do that and right now i'm focusing on dubstep so you gotta you can do everything at the same time you know but uh yeah <laughs> definitely i'll get back to that at some point it's been uh i've loved uh studying that and uh, the concept of interactive music is very nice in video games too because you know like when you when they program the music so that when you have a fight music, it, it starts uh, fading in during the fight and fading out at the right time when you're done fighting and stuff. And we mm-hmm. had to learn how to create music that works in that way. So you, you like, it's it's all about like having different layers that interact with each other, almost like DJing, you know, but in a yeah. In a, yeah. Yeah. And I know even with the, like uh, what you do in dubstep and stuff, you're still doing recordings for like orchestras, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, but what do you mean exactly? Because um, I, I remember seeing you posting, uh, you know, pictures of you doing um, sound recordings for for like a violin and oh, yeah. different orchestras back in Canada. Yeah, for sure. I've 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 used to to do a lot of that when I was at university because like there was a lot of uh, concerts happening all the time and uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty fun to do because. You learn about uh, how to record properly and uh, keep a pure signal, especially in classical music. You don't want to compress too much or stuff like that. So it's really 
all about the the pureness of the signal. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty fun. I, I've done a lot of choir stuff too, like uh, choir recordings and stuff. Oh, nice! In, in churches and stuff with the big reverb, it's it's sick, man. It's pretty nice. Are you are you originally from Canada? Yeah, I'm from uh, close to Montreal. It's it's a town called Sherbrooke. I'm living here right now, and uh, yeah, man, all the French part of Canada, the whole of Quebec, French. Uh, how long are you? How long have you known uh, Substance for? Uh, forever, man. Uh, we've we've known each other for at least uh, probably ten years. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, man. And we lived Did you guys meet in school or? No, not at school. We, we, I, I came to Sherbrooke for school, but then. Uh, I met Substance at that point, who was already making events, uh, throwing parties in Sherbrooke with the crew Dirty Cake. And then, okay. uh, yeah, I just started hanging out with him and uh, we started making music together. And he was like one, one of the first guys to book me for shows too. <laughs> that's pretty insane. Oh, that's cool, man, that you guys became so close with with uh, him booking you for shows. Yeah, man. We've been there what, uh, ever since. What made you guys want to start uh, Gunfingers? Uh, definitely COVID, man. <laughs> I've never been uh, streaming before, and uh, I didn't even have like the proper material, proper gear to do it. And uh, yeah, man, COVID happened, and like the first thing was quarantine streams with DDD, and they asked me if I wanted to participate, and I didn't have a streaming setup at that time, so I had to like scramble around and find something to make it work. And once I got the setup running, I was like, man, I could just do it myself afterwards and not, not have to wait. Uh, for these special events, you know, and uh, Substance was already uh, starting his Twitch channel from time to time. So we just decided to do it together. And uh, it was a very great time to do it because uh, we figured doing it right after Tristan's uh, TN Table Thursday, which he does just before us, was a pretty good move because like people could just like continue having fun afterwards in a more DJ set kind of vibes because Tristan is doing more of a conversation while listening to vinyl. Mm-hmm. So it was just a good. There was no one playing after him, and there was no raid, so we had just a free space for that, and we decided to just do it. And yeah, it's been pretty fun since then. Yeah, your live stream looks better than probably ninety percent of people's live streams with the whole visuals <laughs> and everything. Yeah, your man. visuals actually look clean. Like it doesn't look like, even though you're using a green screen, it is it doesn't look like you're fading in and out of the green screen. <laughs> yeah, 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 I had to work a lot on on that first. But, uh, <laughs> like my setup is pretty ghetto actually if you would look at my setup in real life it's just like a, a old green sheet like a bed sheet that i use but it's just i, I just managed to use it properly and it's, it looks good now and uh, i like to take a lot of my own videos with my camera too and use it in the background and stuff sometimes if you, you see synthesizers and stuff in the background it's from mm-hmm. my own synthesizers in the studio so it's pretty fun too but sometimes i like to just like buy some vj stuff and remix it a little bit too in obs it's pretty easy do you have a separate studio in your house uh yeah but i have my home studio which i'm in right now but it's it's inside my apartment but it's a separate room uh, that i uh, treated uh, to make it sound a little better and uh, i do some recordings for rappers here some from time to time or just for my own stuff too that's wild that you're able to do all that in an apartment, man. I would have gotten so many complaints by now. <laughs> yeah, I managed to do it. Like, I, I'm really like you know selective about when I turn the volume up, just for mm-hmm. small amounts of time. And uh, yeah, no complaints ever since uh, I've been living here for the last like three, four years. Yeah, People I always been, felt like that worry that I would get so many complaints of, uh, you know, when I was doing music. I knew I used to when I when I lived in an apartment, which is the main reason I bought a house. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to buy a house too, but I don't have the financial capacities for it right now. But uh, definitely in the houses, plan. houses are way more expensive in Canada than they are in the U.S. for sure. Yeah, and with the crisis right now, it's even like it's just not doable right now. <laughs> Especially I only I only live from music right now, so I don't have a a bigger income from anywhere else. So I've been really uh, minimalist. <laughs> Do you have like a Patreon or anything like that that's supporting outside of doing shows? No, I mainly just, uh, I give classes, like private classes to people for production. No, oh, nice. And uh, yeah, man, that's it. I do shows and uh, I grind. <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> you definitely grind, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Yeah, man. I've been working hard, but uh, yeah, it's get, it's getting better financially with time, but uh, it's always a 
a good puzzle to fight, try to fit everything, all my expenses with everything uh, I'm trying to do, especially like buy flights and everything for shows and stuff. Yeah, and try then, to balance everything yourself. Yeah, it's been working, but yeah, there are harder times than others, <laughs> for sure. Do you manage your own bookings as well? No, I got my agent, uh, Mike's too, uh, part of the AAA agency. And he's also the stage manager of uh, the AMP at Shambhala. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, so he's my agent. He's also the agent of like Colcuts, Mitten. Um, he just started working for Tsuruda as well. Uh, but yeah, he's the one taking care of my all my bookings. So at least I don't have to take care of that. But uh, yeah, I don't have a manager though. That's something I need to do at some point, but I need to find someone that works well with me. It's a, Someone you can trust. Yeah, exactly. It's, bit, it's pretty hard to do because I don't know a lot of managers. Uh, not at all. Not at all, actually. So having to like start to work with someone I don't know is pretty hard. But uh, we'll get there. <laughs> do you go out a lot back at home? Like, do you go out to shows? Um, there's not many shows happening in Sherbrooke, but I like to go to Montreal, which is like a two hours drive uh, for shows for sure. Got the, the I know. Cool, uh, Music Me Love, who's doing good shows, Alpha Squadron, um, and a couple more, yeah. Neptune events. Yeah, I know there's some shows out in uh, in Calgary also, because um, I know Mystic, uh, one half of Mystic State actually stays out in Calgary. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty far from Montreal, though. It's like uh, 4,000 kilometers, <laughs> so it's like pretty crazily far. But uh, when I get there, it's always a nice time. I played there recently with uh, Substance for the New Year's Eve. Was mm-hmm. Are you playing Sh- uh, Shambhala this year? I'm not playing this year, but uh, I, w- I would have loved to. It was crazy last year, and uh, I hope to come back next year for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I'm just going to attend it as a as a festival goer that time and uh, just have fun. But I'm yeah, also it always looks like a good time. Bro, it's the craziest fucking festival I've ever been <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking nuts, man. I started, that's, that's when I met uh, Tristan too, from uh, Truth. First time we met uh, each other in real life, so it was a pretty nice experience. And a lot of other musical legends, we got, all got to hang out together and it was pretty sick. And the sound there, man, <laughs> it's nuts, man. I've never experienced something so powerful, like at the amp and the village, crazy, man. Only PK sound, but like, I've never heard so much PK sound at one spot. And uh, yeah, it was an experience. <laughs> Is that like the main sound systems that they use out in Canada? Um, yeah, definitely. And especially in Shambhala, because like the crew that created PK sound are the mm-hmm. ones taking care of the village stage. So they always have the newest PK sound at that stage that they created the same year every time. Oh, nice. So yeah, the way there was insane, man. For a lot of drum and bass on that stage too, so that was pretty nice. I love drum and bass in festivals. It's always the best energy. Yeah, you've been making more uh, drum and bass lately as well, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. I've been uh, working uh, on drum and bass in the shadows for many years, but uh, I don't post it post it that much because I wasn't entirely satisfied with it. But lately, I've been more satisfied, so I started posting it. And uh, nice. I love to. Uh, Try and release on a DNB label at some point, but uh, you know how it is, man. When you get when you get known in one style, it's hard to like switch to another style from time to time. Like people like to just listen to the style they know you for. But uh, yeah, man. Me personally, I I've just said fuck it at this point. Like it's it's my music, it's my page. If, if you don't like it, you don't like it, you know. But I I got other music you'll like later on. But, yeah. you know, it also just brings in a different crowd, too, which is nice to get out that little bubble. Definitely. Uh, I've liked that last release I made of more like liquid drum and bass, uh, the Ephemere EP, which is ephemeral in French. Uh, and, uh, yeah, really just pour my heart out on this one, just play some nice chords and stuff and uh, a little, like, sad music. But uh, it was pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty fun to, to post, and I've had really good comments about it, too. I think people like can feel it when it's genuine, you know? And uh, yeah, that was it for this release for sure. Well, I'm glad people understand that you're not just heavy music. You're like, yeah, you got, you got different barriers to your music. Yeah. And like when I first started Raz, I didn't make really hard music. It was, it was more like really mellow, deeper dubstep, like chord my rotor style a little bit, you know? I don't know if yeah. you know what I mean, like they're really uh, 
almost like lounge dubstep. <laughs> it's pretty sick, man. Like, oh really yeah, like yeah. I, yeah, I used to, I used to like them a lot, especially um, with the sorrow releases they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Me too. They're pretty sick. <clears throat> now you've been a part of a deep, dark, and dangerous almost from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, not exactly from the beginning, but it's been a couple of years now. Yeah, for sure. Since 2019. Yeah, yeah how did that come about? Ah, man, it was a crazy uh, story. It all started with Substance booking me in Sherbrooke with Push Loop uh, back in like 2007. John is a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> sick dude. We hung out a lot uh, that time and uh, me, him and Substance was a great time and uh, I was playing that night uh, back-to-back SBK. You know him too, right? Yeah. Uh, other uh, legend from uh, Quebec. And uh, yeah, we were doing a back-to-back together and it was fucking crazy. And John really liked the set too. He, he told us like he really appreciated it. And I just decided to give him one of my USBs just to so he could have my uh, my uh, tunes on really stuff. And that's at that point, I didn't really release on um, like bigger labels. I had released like with uh, After Dark Music, the OG guys from uh, Australia, and uh, yeah, I think you released with them too, right? Yeah, yeah, I have a I have a release from them a long time ago. Um, I was supposed to have an EP as well, but um, fortunately, that never happened. I did send the tunes, but they didn't like the tunes. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it happens, but it's a, but it's okay, you know. Yeah. You know, things happen for a reason. Those those tunes end up going out on vinyl instead on a different label. Dope. So you know, it's a win. Yeah. It's a win win. Yeah, sometimes it just doesn't fit with the 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 vision that some labels have, and that's not that's fine. And uh, yeah. what was I about to say with this? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Pushlo really liked my tunes, and uh, I ended up that that summer I was posting one clip. Uh, every week so i was making a new track every week that was my like challenge of the summer one track every week uh and i have to post the clip so i need to be satisfied of it so that forced mm-hmm. me to work really hard and that's when i made all the tracks from the desert tales ep if that was my first release with ddd and uh yeah the first one i've made it, i made was desert tales and uh push loop ended up reposting it uh when i published it and uh, Tristan saw that, and he really liked the tune. So that's when we started talking together. And uh, one year and a half later, the EP was out, and that's when it started. That was pretty sick. Big up. Now you're saying that you do. Big up. Tristan. That you were doing like a, a post every week. Now you being a little bit bigger than you were before. <laughs> are you still posting as often, or has it slowed down a little bit, and you're more focused on? I still uh, make one track a I still make one track a week right now. Um, not all the time, but right now I'm doing it uh, because of the live streams. It's a great way to showcase new music all the time. So um, every week or, or almost every week, the first track I play uh, on my stream is the new one I made of that week. Like Sometimes it's not even finished yet, but but yeah, but actual releases, I always wait now for uh, mostly uh, label releases. And when I... I try to have like one release a month, which is pretty mm-hmm. nice. Sometimes it's, it's more than it's, it takes more than a month, but it's like an EP. So it has four tracks on it. Uh, so it's almost the same as posting one track a week. It's just like, they're all bunched up in an EP together and it's for the whole month instead. And, uh, yeah, when I got, when I got like, uh, big amounts of time without label releases, that's when I, I can do like self releases, which I really like to do too. With the uh, distro kit and stuff, it's super easy to get your music on Spotify. So, yeah, man, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, man, that's really cool. I, I know you now. You got a very signature sound. Like you, you can always tell when there is one of your tunes or you're you're part of that tune. Yeah. I, how did you how'd you come up with that, or was that just kind of by accident and just rode with it? It's pretty much by accident, I'd say. Like, it was never really on purpose. I just it's just like the way I like to produce and the choices I make while I produce it always ends up like having my own sound on it. And like I've actually been trying lately to like not have my sound, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's really hard because you know you all have your own patterns when you produce, and like you know if you're gonna. At that high at you're gonna instantly like do a couple processing things on it, and that's how you develop your own sound, I think. And 
yeah, I think it's just my technique of producing that creates that sound. And yeah, man. <laughs> do you have uh, do you use chain templates at all? Like, um, like if you already know you're going to be adding certain things on your drums, like or your kicks or anything um, that's already in place. Like myself, I have I have templates where you know I have a uh, a drum group. And in that group, I'll have everything that I normally use to glue it together. And then my kicks and my snares mm -hmm. have certain things on them because I already know I'm going to process them basically the same, even if they yeah. sound a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything of that sort? I have it like in my mind because like I don't actually make a template, but uh, like I already know how I'm going to do it. So I just do it very quickly. But I don't actually have a template because I'm just not a naturally organized person. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I like to do it every time because it's going to be a little more unique than having it already done. But I mean, there's no right answer. Like, I could actually have templates because there, there are things that I do almost always the same, but I just never take the time to do it. I just do it again instead. But I got students that actually have templates too, and that's pretty nice to you as well. But it's just not natural for me, I think. <laughs> How often do you uh, do you teach? Every week, man. I got a couple steady students right now. Often I really get like a lot of students coming for a couple classes. And then uh, sometimes it's financially, they can't really continue or uh, they just wanted an introduction and then they, they like to continue by themselves. But uh, yeah, I got a couple steady students now, like four at the moment. So Are you offering them online or just in person? Yeah through Discord. So I got uh, one student in New York, one in Montreal, uh, another one in Toronto, and a, a second one in Montreal as well. How much do you typically charge for um, for classes an hour? Uh, it's in Canadian dollars, so it's not very the same than the US, but it's usually uh, $50 for one hour class. Uh, and if you take like a two hours class, I'll go like down to 80 since it's like a better bundle but nice. uh, yeah that's pretty much it i don't know how you much any... it is in the us but um i think you guys are this is a dollar 25 i think it's a dollar 25 it's going to be like 40 45 us for a class so okay then, yeah man yeah do you have any like upcoming releases or anything like that that you can possibly talk about um of course, there's the brand new Gunfingers Thursday compilation coming out March 17th, this Friday. And uh, who's all on that? A lot of people, man. And uh, we could have actually included you as well. It was just so last minute that we just like scrambled as many people as we could. But after that, I was like, oh, we could have added this person, this person, this person. But <laughs> we could always add yeah, more. Man, I, next year. I'd definitely be down for the next one. Yeah, for sure. And. Uh, but yeah, so far there's a, that collab from Cold Cuts and Hypho. There is that crazy innocent uh, track as well. I don't know if you know him. He's the young producer from uh, BC. He's fucking crazy. And then we also have Basura, uh, which has a solo track and another, a collab with No Remorse. Okay. We also have Flix, Detour. Uh, we got Substance and I on a collab. Another collab from myself and Frigid, which is a, another guy from Montreal, originally from Vancouver, sick producer. And uh, who else? We got Mac Dubs. We got um, Repulsion is actually on the, the compilation as well. Crazy tune. Nice. It's, it's good to see him releasing things again. Yeah. And I, I always love this style, like minimalistic, but like super crazy sound design. So it's really nice to have uh, one of his tunes on it. And did I mention everyone? Let me check. <clears throat> oh, yes, there's also Vince Grave, which is actually one of my students. And he's been uh, producing crazy sound design and stuff. Uh, so we had to get one of the tracks on the, on the compilation for sure. Isn't that such a satisfying feeling to see your students like busting out tunes like that? <laughs> yeah, man. It, this guy is actually crazy. He's been like studying... Uh, I've been showing him like uh, music theory as well, so it's pretty it's pretty dope. Like we we're going far into the into the music spectrum, and he, he's really like passionate and working hard. So he's got a new tune every week as well. So but, uh, and it's crazy it's, to see like the younger generation making such crazy tunes because they they have so much time to do it, and yeah. there's so much information online nowadays. Yeah, because back then we didn't have that many like tutorials or like just even. Pers like private classes like this was not something I thought of 
doing back then. It was like more do your own thing kind of kind of stuff before. I don't know about you. Yeah, when I first started, the only two that were really online was the uh, Mr. Bill tutorials and Tom Cosm. <laughs> I, I was late looking at the Mr. Mr. Bill one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's literally how I learned how to produce was yeah. MrBillTunes.com. <laughs> yeah, man, me too. He's crazy, though. He's, like, super creative. Really great. I mean, as a genius of Ableton, I, I don't, like, I can't find any better information on Ableton than, than Mr. Bill. Same, man. He's a... <laughs> Congrats to that guy, guy! So much talent and uh, so much. Yeah, uh, and he's, he gave back so much to the community so by doing this tutorial. You know, he, he shows like uh, he paved the way for many people after after him. Yeah, and it's always great that you know people aren't aren't scared to you know give out the information that they know you know because they're they don't want to lose their signature sound or they don't want people to learn the stuff they know. And them get and them get bigger than them. That's that's just that's nice thing, you know. And that, that that's <laughs> kind of dumb. I feel like because if you're if you need to gatekeep uh, your talents to be relevant, that means you're not working hard enough, in my opinion. And like, I feel that same way about shows. Yeah, definitely. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, as in, a lot of people are uh, against you know openers plan you know, full on out. Like me personally, if there's oh, someone opening, yeah. opening for me, I want them to go all, all out. Like I want, I want the crowd yeah. to be hype. I want, yeah. I want you to show that this is why you're up here. Not, not take it easy. Like you play a better set than me. I shouldn't be headlining. You should be headlining. Yeah. <laughs> like for real, like, I think it's a lot of insecurity that, that makes people say that openers shouldn't play good music. That's just, in my opinion, like it should just be good music all the time, you know? And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I I support you on this. <laughs> yeah, bringing it uh, back to Gunfingers as well. I know um, it originally started as you guys just doing, you know, pod, um, more live streams and DJ sets. But you guys are now br- uh, doing a label, and uh, I've seen you guys have also done uh, collective at shows as well. Um, yeah, uh, are yeah. you guys doing more of that? Yeah, definitely. We're always trying to book as many uh, Gunfingers takeovers as we can. And usually it's me and Mark going back to back. And we just actually got booked on uh, Lightning in a Bottle. So you can see oh, nice. our, our two separate names, Raz and Substance, but also Gunfingers in the in the lineup. So my guess, I think we're doing like separate sets and also a back to back. So that's going to be pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, I think we're focusing mostly on doing the live streams and playing shows, me and Mark, when we can. Uh, and we have the, that annual uh, compilation. It's a volume two because we did another one last year. And this one is really the, just we like to uh, feature music from people that have been on the show. And uh, uh, what's nice is like the whole concept of Gunfingers Thursday is like to give the stats to the artist, you know, with, uh, with Twitch. Uh, it's often like you do your, your own re- or your own uh, your own stream on your own channel and we raid into you. So you get your own subscribers, your own followers. And we did the same thing for the compilation. So everyone uh, uses it as a self-release, but we all have a centralized download link at the end on Bandcamp. But other than that, everyone is uploading on his own uh, Spotify and everything. So it's like a do-it-yourself kind of thing. And I just like it because... Often when you release with a label, like they'll get all the stats, you know, all the plays on the SoundCloud or uh, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But I wanted to do th- things different for Gunfingers Thursday, and also it's easier for us to to manage because it's it's really people can like manage their own track in their own way, and we just need to like we just promote it for them. So I think that's a good way of using it. Yeah, you guys are definitely helping out, you know, smaller artists get their names out there because you guys are offering it on more of a bigger platform than uh, a lot of them can provide themselves, which is really cool. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good thing, too. Uh, and especially for the live stream, it's nice to have a, everyone can get their moment where they can show their DJ skills and everything. And uh, I think that's pretty nice. We're announcing the next guest uh, tomorrow, which is Misfortune Cat. Uh, which has been sending sending us like a lot of dub plates in the in the past month, so it was time for a for a little showcase. So that's gonna be pretty nice. <laughs> that's cool, man. So you got any upcoming shows coming up? I know um, doing shows is your your main money. Yeah. Uh, any anything coming up? 
Yeah, I'm playing in uh, Minneapolis. Of lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm. Let me pull up that that little page. I always put all my forthcoming shows on my website with the ticket links, which is pretty useful. I don't know if I can send you the link here. Do we have a chat? You know, oh, I yeah, don't even know. Oh yeah, there is a chat. There is one. So here it is. So next up, I got uh, with low and high in Minneapolis, March thirty. Then. Uh, I was supposed to play uh, April 1st in Edmonton, but surprise, surprise, uh, it got canceled and it's also April's full, so it makes sense. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I got Maybe it was more. just a joke that it got canceled. Yeah, it, it, it actually got canceled for real. I was like, wow, was this on purpose? <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So, Marshall, Minneapolis, then uh, Baltimore, April 6th. Uh, with Colcus, Bucky's Finest, Hypho. Uh, and then we got a DDD Takeover in Chicago, April 7th. Um, with once again Bucky's Finest, True, Not Low. Then we got Richmond, April 8th. Uh, with no remorse this time. And then Los Angeles, Beside LA. I'm really stoked about that show too. I've been wanting to play there forever. Uh, April 21st. Then we got. Seattle, April 28th, once again with DDD. And then uh, we're playing Restart in uh, Rock Creek, BC, me and Substance uh, as a Gunfingers Thursday uh, thing, May 19th, and then Lightning in a Bottle. And the other shows are not announced yet, so I can't say. But uh, there are a couple nice. more. Like April is crazy for me. It's, it's the most shows I've ever played in one month. So That's what's up, man. With you having so many shows, um you know, back to back in, in the States, do you have any plans of possibly moving to the States in the future? Not at the moment. Cause, uh, I live with my girlfriend, uh, Melina. We've been living together for, uh, we've been together for like over seven years now. Oh, nice, so, man. Uh, yeah. That's hard to come by these days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, we've been together for a long time and we live here and she gives uh, piano classes here. So we're not really moving, uh, planning on moving from here, but, I don't mind doing the, the little little ride and taking the plane for shows. It's not a problem for me. We'll see also, later. Both of you are, huh? Oh, go ahead. I was yeah. going to say both of you are involved with uh, music, it sounds like. Yeah, we met each other while we were studying in music. like, And she's more in the classical part of it. But uh, she's been coming to the shows and the festivals and stuff. So she knows about the electronic music too now. She can like give me, give me her opinion sometimes on production, which is pretty neat. She knows all about the music theory side, so that's pretty nice. <laughs> so, how do you how do you balance you know um, you know playing shows and production in, in a relationship at the same time? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, it has ups and downs. Sometimes it, we've had like periods of time where where we felt like not as close as we could have, and it's been like. It's been harder, but especially like in the past year, that's when I really started playing a lot of shows. So it was a lot of adaptation, but I feel like now we're stronger than ever, you know, and uh, we're just, we've been together for such a long time that it's okay that sometimes we don't see each other as much. And sometimes you see you, each other more. It's not like a, like a, just a beginner couple that you want to see each other all the time. Like we, we can manage yeah. to like live our own lives too. And, uh, but every time we get a chance, we spend quality time together. But, uh, yeah, man, it's nice because we're also both, uh, uh, we don't have any bus, you know, we work for ourselves. How do you call it in French, in English? It's like, a, self, um, uh, self-employed, self-employed. Yeah. So we're pretty, it's Your pretty easy boss. to find some time together because of that. But, uh, yeah, man. It's just a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, scheduling. <laughs> yeah, what made you want to do uh, music full-time? Uh, where, uh, where were you, what were you doing before that? Um, I mean, I've always done music full-time since, like, after high school. Because uh, when I after high school, I went to college, and I was already a drummer in a band. And I was, uh, I was planning on being a drummer full-time. And then I started studying in music and learning about music theory, in a more profound way. And uh, at first I really wanted to uh, compose music for my band. <laughs> but in the end, that band really uh, stopped when I started like studying because it was another CD and stuff. And I mm -hmm. just like learned the love of electronic music at the same time. It was like, actually, the, you know, Modus? Motus? Yep. Like the rhythm uh, DJ? 
bad oh, producer. Yeah. But also he, he does a lot of stuff. But and we studied music together. And he was the first one of the crew to actually make dubstep back then, back in like 2012. And uh yeah, man. He showed me about uh, he showed me Ableton 8 at that time. And uh we just like I just really liked producing and I started working on it and slowly but surely I, I got there. But I always done music full time. It was just not dubstep at first. Dubstep was a just a side project, and it just became the main thing with time because it was working well, and uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. But uh, yeah, before it was my job, I was just like a student in music too. So it was full time, but not as a job. But and then it became my job. So it was just always nice. Full-time. Yeah. Yeah, you being in a band and everything, did you um, gain a lot of touring experience from being in your band, or was that something new to you? No, yeah, I never really played shows with that band. We were just like making music and we played like one show, I think. <laughs> so it wasn't like a professional thing. It was more of like just friends uh, doing stuff together. But uh, it was really with the with the Raz project that I started playing real shows and stuff. I also played like like more like gigs as a drummer with small bands, just like doing covers and stuff. So it wasn't really mm-hmm. the real thing, but yeah, it's mostly with... So uh, you're a cover band. Whoa. Yeah, not with that band though. I I I did gigs with other people like as a cover band, but I've never oh, been okay. a cover band. I've just did the gigs, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I've always wanted to learn how to play drums. I, my closest thing to playing drums was playing rock band. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's pretty nice. We still get the coordination, you know. Yeah, yeah, we had to uh, learn an instrument back in in Michigan. Um, in Detroit, it's mandatory that you have to learn an instrument in elementary school. So I learned how to play violin. Uh, Damn, you chose a hard one. <laughs> it well, we we didn't have a choice. It was like violin or flute or or something. But they we had to learn something, and then we had to learn uh, Spanish in um, in fourth grade and uh, French in fifth grade. <laughs> Damn. And this is pub- and this is public school. Do you speak like French? in a terrible area. Hell no. Anything that I learned back then is just like it's just gone. Like I, I hey, wish I still hey, one with sentence it. to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I wish I learned uh, but I used to go to Canada a lot when I um when I lived in Michigan back before you had to have a passport to actually go to Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, now you actually have to have a, a passport to, you know, go on the train and go get something to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, even for me, it's even harder. I even have to get a visa to go and play the, to the States and stuff. Really complex, complicated. Is it, is it hard to get a, uh, a U.S. visa? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. A lot of planning. You have to plan like shows for, over a year in advance so it's not really a, a easy thing because no one really uh may, like prepares a show more than one year in advance like p- people when you get booked it's like three months before so having to like schedule shows up until like in a year and a half to get the visa mm-hmm. is like a hard thing to do but it's possible i managed to do it and uh the other homies too so it was you on a work visa make. huh are you on a work visa? It's a P2 visa. So it's a work visa, especially for musicians. It's like, it's really made for that. So it's a bit different than a normal working visa. So you need to have a schedule with like all the dates that you're planning to play. And mm-hmm. you'll get allowed to play in the state only at that period of time. So you really need to think about what you do. Uh, oh, wow. So the most... It's, like, it's very strict. Yeah, yeah. So the most you can get out of a visa is one year. So you need to think about it when you book the shows for the contracts. Mm-hmm. You need to try to have one, like the minimum you can have is one show a month for 12 months. And that will give you access for to the US for one year. But if you only found shows for like six months, they, they will only give you access uh, to the US for six months, but it's gonna cost the same price. <laughs> so yeah, you need, really need to like, think about your thing and then once you have a, a nice schedule you can send it out and uh, you need you also need need to be part of the AFM the American Federation of Musicians which is linked to the Canadian one um, and that, that gives you more like credibility when you ask for the visa too 
Wow, there's a lot of steps to it that you know I, I definitely <laughs> did not know about. Yeah, it's uh, a big headache. Wow, that's why you need one. Once you get it, that's what that's what that's why I, I'm trying to get as many shows as I can. You know, because it, it costs over a thousand dollars to to get one. So, yeah, you need to get some money back afterwards. It's a big investment. But yeah. this is why you need a manager to help you with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> At least I got like Stu who helps me with the bookings and stuff. So that that helps a lot, for sure. Big ups too, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, man. Do you have to have a uh, like a multiple visa to to play in like other countries as well? Like, say you're playing in the U.S. and all of a sudden you get a booking out in uh, Europe. Um, is that a, is that a separate visa? Yeah, it's not related. It's one one different one visa per country. So that's why I'm only playing that states right now. But I, I'm trying mm -hmm. to play. A, that's just speculation. I don't know if it's gonna happen. But I'm trying to play in the UK in 2024. That's my plan. But uh, we'll see if we make it happen. Let's let's talk back in one year. And uh, but yeah, that's the plan right now. But I also had had an opportunity to my play like in Australia, but that's another visa to win. It's another thing. So I have to plan a whole tour when I do that because I want to make enough money to pay it back, you know? So, yeah. Playing shows and touring is definitely not cheap, especially with the, uh, airfares going up so much. I mean, it used to be so much cheaper where you could buy a $69 flight out of a, a $600 booking and still have, you know, some money left over. Yeah. Down, planes cough like $200 for a flight. <laughs> Yeah, bro, and in Canada it's even more insane, like because it's it's further away, and I don't know, Canadians we have to pay more for everything, <laughs> but uh, especially to get in the US it's like it's always a lot of money, but we'll get there. It's it's all good. I'm still stoked to play. Now is weed legal out in Canada? <laughs> uh, if it's legal, yeah, man, in all the country. But uh, the thing is, like in Quebec, it's like uh, the government is the only entity who can sell weed so it's like really a package in a more like a health way like a like it was like medicinal weed or something mm -hmm. so you can't even look at the weed like in the dispensary like you you can only choose this the thing and they give you the bag like it's not like in denver when you can like look at every detail of the thing it's like it's not as fun but that's <laughs> only in quebec like the rest of canada they're like there are private like dispensaries too which is more fun but yeah that's that's cool. I, I I was wondering that if it was uh, more medicinal or if it was actually recreational out in. It in is Canada, recreational, so. but the way they 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 sell it, it looks like it was medicinal because you can't even look at it. It's not like, it's it's like they legalized it, but they're still scared of it. You know, <laughs> which is which is ridiculous. Seeing uh out in Denver, I mean it's. It's crazy, especially in the U.S. period. Like our, our weed is is so strong. Like I've actually had to like kind of cut back uh, from like when I go to the stores now. I make sure I don't get the strongest weed. I can't I can't do it anymore. Like I just, <laughs> I, just I just feel I just yeah, feel stuck. Yeah, so yeah, Denver is, is insane, bro. I got when I got there, I I was way too high, man. <laughs> Yeah, I had to like stop concentrates, like completely dabs. I can't do anymore because uh, yeah, I tried crazy, doing man. dabs now. Oh my god! Like I just feel so high. Like I don't want to do Your anything. Brain is bright, man. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I go into the studio. Right. Like, I can't really do dabs. It's just too much for me. I just smoke a little joint and I'm good. But yeah. Yeah. Now I just smoke bowls these days. Like, because uh, if I have a dab, I'll sit in the studio and I'll just kind of sit here and like, like, man, I, <laughs> <When it's> like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make like a, like a little 16 bar drum loop. And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know what to do from here. <laughs> yeah. And like that thing I tried with, uh, you know, Basura, like he, he lives uh -huh. in Denver too. And the first time I played the black box, uh, I was with him and we, he made me try these like, these dab gummies. So it doesn't taste like weed at all, but it hits so hard, man. <laughs> we went to Red Rocks that day, and I remember when I was really high. <laughs> was uh, was that your cool. first time uh, uh, out seeing Red Rocks? Did you guys go to a show or anything, or did you just go out? No, there, we just went uh, to the park like, the during park. the day. So it was nice. a really nice experience just to see the thing. It's like really all, all made of rocks, like the whole stage. And like you could even go under the stage. It's all rocks, man. It's, it's fucking like it's sculpted. It's pretty impre impressive. Did y'all go to the uh, Red Rocks Hall of Fame at the uh, at the bottom? Um, no, we did not. We just stayed outside oh, and like walk a, walk around. 
Yeah, man, you'll definitely have to uh, check out a show there one day. I'm sure right. that it, you won't be too far off from playing there one day, though. But that the was acoustics there dream, is man. absolutely crazy. Yeah. If I could open for like a bigger artist there, I, I would really love that. But yeah, I think like everybody wants that. <laughs> but, I, I think everybody wants a, a deep, dark, and dangerous takeover at Red Rocks. Yeah, man, that would be nuts. That would be it's, fucking insane. Especially like last time I think Truth played... The power went down, right? Like, yes, I was there. I, I like no. I got a free ticket to go, and um, I was like, "Truth came on." I was like, "Hell yeah!" It, like, and within ten minutes of his set, everything was just out, and like they kept saying, "Oh, it's gonna be a couple minutes. It's gonna be a couple minutes." So like, just it turned out to be an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm just imagining being Dre at that moment. You're like, "Yo, this is my moment," and like it stops. You're just fuck, man. <laughs> When would I get the chance? Yeah, to he's waited. Rocks I again? think like, yeah, he's he's waited. I think like ten years to play that that venue, and like the the one time that he gets to play, it just shuts down, which is crazy wow. to me. Like that, someone as big as Truth has is just now playing Red Rocks, and there there are people that don't even make music or have just began yeah. to make music and they are already playing red rocks. That blows my mind. That's a whole other thing, man. But the I guess it is like the industry. Yeah, is it's it, just I, like this, it's you know? who you know. Yeah, it's exactly. It's who, you know, it's like who you are friends with and that one, and they know people sometimes and like you get the right thing at the right time. And yeah, mm -hmm. I've never been like that guy who gets the, all these crazy opportunities, but I'm happy for them anyway, man. Gotta gotta be happy. <laughs> are you a uh, are you more of a social person when you go out to shows, or are you fairly quiet? Like, do you interact with uh, with fans? And I love interacting you... with people. Yeah, I'm I'm always out in the crowd. You know, the whole time. Like, uh, if you if you see me at a dubstep show, I'm often like in front with the people for the whole night. Like, I don't really like like just staying hidden beside, but like. Or just like staying in the green room just to talk with people. Like it's fun too. Mm -hmm. But I like to go in the crowd and meet the the fans and stuff. Is that that's my favorite part for sure. I, I that's love cool, man. meeting the people. Yeah, I try to try to be more social when I when I do go out, which is uh different for me. because uh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm i I'm fairly quiet and I have pretty bad social anxiety. Um so like I go out and I, I try to interact but I can't do I can't do big crowds. So I normally will stay up in like the rafters or anywhere yeah. that's like where I can still see the music because I want to hear the music all night. I don't yeah. want to sit in the green room. That's boring to me. Yeah. Uh <laughs> like I want to see I want to see the openers, you know, I wanna I wanna see them crush it. Me too. Uh, I always try okay. to catch everyone in in the night. Sometimes I can't really make it to the beginning, but uh when I can, man, I'm always there. It's always a lot of, uh, there's so much talent in the locals as well. And it's just people that didn't get the chance to go bigger sometimes, but they they have as, as much talent. So it's a, it's a good way to, to discover new artists, to just watch the locals play, man. Do you think if you started earlier that you would have more opportunities? I feel like nowadays uh, there's so many people making like, such incredible music versus kind of in the beginning it, it it was there but it was nothing like like nowadays i feel like we're in the peak of of dubstep in my opinion yeah especially our sub jar like the what we call the deep dubstep like it's like i feel like right now it has a lot of attention right now and uh yeah i think like i don't think i could have started sooner and but i would already be a an older producer, you know, I, I have my moment right now and I'm really happy about it. And I think like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I, I would have wanted to start sooner because I was doing other stuff before, but I definitely should have been focusing on promoting better earlier in my career. But because I was so focused on like studying music and stuff, all the classical mm -hmm. and everything that I wasn't really pushing the socials and that wasn't really natural for me for many years. I, I didn't have uh I don't think I had Instagram until 2018. <laughs> so I only had Facebook back then to promote. So that was pretty limited, especially that Instagram was so big. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I really forced myself to get better at this with time. And uh, it really paid. It really like gave back to me afterwards. So definitely that part I should have done sooner. But it's all good. 
how do you feel like how do you feel about the social media approach nowadays um, to where you know everything kind of needs to be posted on Instagram and TikTok and and all that for you to actually get your music out because the demographics right now for like Instagram is really eighteen and, and plus most most of the younger generation now is on TikTok. And like if you if you ask anybody under the age of 18, most of them don't have uh, an Instagram account. They just use TikTok. So yeah. make make little 30 minute videos uh, or 30 second videos. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> that's, and, uh, that's really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, uh, the promotion going through that nowadays? Um, I feel it's very hard uh, for us to be uh, interesting on TikTok because the way it's made if you notice, it's like for a TikTok to be popular, you need to use a song that's used on other TikToks. But if you promote unreleased music, you're the only one using that music on on that video. So because of that, it's very hard uh, to be uh, relevant on TikTok as a, as a music artist. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, man, I've been trying, I've been using TikTok and posting videos on it, like especially clips of, of my Twitch streams. And yeah, it doesn't have a lot of attention. And honestly, I don't really care about it because in the end, the real social media for us is actually like Spotify and stuff like that. that that's where yeah. people actually listen to your music. So that's where you should focus the most. And uh, all the rest is just an image that gets you to Spotify or to SoundCloud or to the place to listen to it. So I think in the end, like as long as you find your own strategy to get it, it works, but it's definitely hard, man, because people need to post like a shit ton of content to stay relevant sometimes. And like the, the artists that you see that are the most, that have the most bookings or the most performative uh, socials are always mm-hmm. the ones posting not about music, you know? And yes, as a music purist, it's hard for me to do that. Like all the posts I want to make on my page, I want them to be relevant to Raz, you know? I don't want to post memes. But I, it's still something that works, man. Like if you see, and like people doing this, I don't have anything against that. It's just not natural for me, you know. But, yeah, uh, I feel that. At the same time, you see like Chef Boyer Beast, man. Every post he does has an insane reach because he posts meme every time with it, and it fits with his image. And like even his name, Chef Boyer Beats, it's kind of a meme too. So <laughs> and it works. If I, and his music is insane, so that makes it, it all is. worth it, you know. But uh. Yeah, man. I don't know what's the answer to that, but it's just like it, it's been hard, man. Because we're the we're old. <laughs> yeah, yeah so we, we definitely are getting there. We are definitely old at this point. We uh, like lately, I've been trying to do um, little thirty-second uh, clips because I I got into graphic design about two years ago, so nice. I started doing my own um, little label uh, label announcements, and I, I post uh, all my old stuff. So I do like thirty. I got hundreds of songs so i'll do like 30 second clips of even all my old stuff like they don't know it's old so yeah 100 <laughs> man. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been it's been interesting and hard at the same time because my main focus is i, I just want to focus on the music you know it's, yeah same the, but, uh, the social aspect is very hard but it's it's necessary in today's age unfortunately 100 that's why a manager could be nice sometimes because that person is going to help you with the socials and everything so that's why I'm at that point right now where I'm I'm trying to look in for a, a manager. But uh, yeah, so far I'm doing everything by myself and uh, it's a lot of time, man. During my week, half my week is for promotion. And like the other fucking quarter is I give me giving classes and then I have just one quarter of my week for production. And then you need to have the creative juice for that moment. And sometimes it's not mm-hmm. at the same time. So it's hard sometimes, but uh, yeah, man it's still kind of nice like i do a lot of my own like you know i post a lot of like uh small reels of like a lot of clips of me playing shows and stuff especially and i put the flyer on it at some point like just to do promotion i'll do that by myself and in my on my comp so it's a lot of time to like prepare the good format for every fucking thing but uh yeah man gotta do yeah with you having such a, a musical background do you have other family members that are also um you know deep into music or are you just kind I'm of the, the only one man. Sheep? <laughs> like, uh, no, nobody makes music except me I, like i have two uh younger sisters like half sisters like 
just the same mother and the same father, but they're they're like twelve and thirteen right now. So mm-hmm. they're pretty young, but they do a little bit of music too. But I don't know if they're gonna do that of their life. But other than that, man, the rest of my family is not musical at all. So it's been a uh, but it's nice. They support me still. <laughs> so hey, that's, hey, that's the important part. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I have, I have a very musical family background, so it's it's interesting when we um, have conversations at dinner and stuff. Like my my grandma is a very uh, very famous harpist. Uh, nice. Oh, that's rare. Yeah, man. yeah. So she's uh, considered a uh, a prodigy child. Um, you know, she did uh, the music for you know Marvin Gaye, the Peeps. Um, R. Kelly, insane uh, man. Yeah, played for Bill Clinton. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, when we we have musical uh, talks at at uh, at dinner, it's it's always different because I I'm not classically trained. So, yeah. uh, and she and she is. So it's a whole different perspective on on both our ends when we uh, discuss music. Yeah, for sure, but it's nice to have a different take on it because she doesn't know anything probably about the technological side of music. So it must be mm-hmm. interesting to interact with each other because of that, because it's a whole different way of thinking because the way we make electronic music is sometimes melodic. So ter- music theory, but often is more like the, the thinking of a sound engineer, which is like really sound design and creating like a good mix and having the right frequency at the right place. So even if it's not like music theory, it's, as complex if not more like because i feel like electronic music is so much like precise with every frequency everywhere you know you can cut like a scalpel and the the, the way you you make your mix and stuff so do you mix on the fly or do you mix at the end on the fly man uh honestly every time i make a sound i try to place it in the right way instantly you know and it's always been my way of doing it uh, like the EQ is always the first thing I put as soon as I add a sound, you know, and always try to place it perfectly. In the, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's the it's part of the process for me. Since it's sound design, it's like the mix of the sound design is so important that I don't know. I just do it at the same time. Now, do I you also have, do mastering uh, after. Oh, I was gonna say, do you have uh, separate sound design sessions, or do you um, do your sound design as you work on the initial tune? Um. I try to make sound design sessions, but it's not natural for me. Like I often like really make the sound design while I'm producing. So the arrangement, sound design, mixing is just one thing I do. But uh, yeah, definitely when I when I start a project, sometimes I will either start with the drums, uh, very often with the drums, which is because I'm a drummer. But uh, sometimes I try to start with sound design, which is gonna have a different result. So that's the diff. That's kind of the sound design session I do is when I start the project with it. But Mm -hmm. as soon as I'm satisfied with the first sound, I try to place it in a groove because um, I learned a lot in in when I was studying conducting or like singing in choirs, like, or even like just composing. I learned a lot about my uh, professors that were saying, you need to sing what you want to create before. So... I transferred that to electronic music. And now, like, as soon as I have a sound, I try to... Not, not necessarily sing it because it's not really singable, but more like really try to find oh, in what way do I hear it in my head and try to go to that idea instead of just like, you know, uh, sometimes you, you just go with what's already happening. But if you have already an image in your head, you, you know where to go, you know, every time you make a choice. But do you yeah. make voice memos or anything like that? Like, uh, say you're out out and about and you got this idea just kind of flowing. Do you get your phone out? Just start making noises. <laughs> so I, I've done that, that in the past. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did that. But uh, yeah, sometimes like an idea is so sick in your head, you know. And when you get to do it, it's like, oh fuck, man, <laughs> it's not as good. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, and sometimes like you get the right idea, but by the time you get to your studio to do it, you don't have the energy anymore or something, and you you lost the the little sparkle, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We got a couple minutes left. Do you um, have anything you want to plug into the people? Any, uh, anything you got coming up or want them to know or um, just where, where people can find your music at? Uh, yeah. Um, I got, I re- recently released with Duplock my track Riggle, which is a single, a uh, really great track. I played at Shambhala it was crazy. And uh, I've had a lot of support from like Turnian Sound, Mythim and a lot of great DJs. Um, so definitely check that out. And then I also recently released my first uh, 
EP with article music, uh, the Jake Enzo label. And uh, I already got another one uh, ready for article as well, which is going to go nice. in a couple of months. But uh, definitely keep your eyes peeled for this one. And also, I got my next uh, Deep, Dark, and Dangerous EP coming up. We're trying to may release it before the summer, so it should be really soon. But uh, I don't have a precise date yet, but it should happen anytime. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And also, always check out every Thursday, Gunfingers Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. EST. Uh, I always play the new music I've been working on. So if you want to stay up to date with what I do, definitely check that out. Awesome, brother, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and, you know, speaking with me, man. It was, it was good to chat with you. Thanks for the opportunity, bro. Always nice to, to have a, a talk with you, especially it's the first time we get a longer talk with, like this. So it's been pretty fun. Yeah, we didn't really get to chat too much at Meow Wolf. It was just noise. and, and They just like flying around everywhere. Like It was crazy. Yeah, I only got to go see sets for like 10 or 15 minutes because like, it, it was hard to find the rooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got lost so many times too, but yeah. Definitely right. let's hang out more next time we see each other, man. Yes, man. Well, awesome, brother. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too, man. Big up.